We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Your business. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land... We unleash the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two is underway now at eight minutes past 10 o'clock on AM 1420. The answer. It's a Monday, the third morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2018. I hope you enjoyed that little retrospective on the life and career of the great George H.W. Bush that we closed the last hour with. Hour number two, like hour number one, is guest free, which means dial now. Your hold time will be short. 216-901-0945, We do not have interviews scheduled for this hour today, which means we really can't hear from you at any time you wish. Twitter, Radio Done Right. You can always tweet to me, and I'll read good tweets on the air. And Facebook, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, Radio, one word, no spaces, no underscores. I want to go back to something I mentioned somewhat in passing in the first hour of the broadcast about climate change. Uh, as you know, the uh, uh, Trump administration uh, released uh, uh, some information about uh, the the potential for uh, various uh, shifts in climate and its impact on the you know the people of Earth and uh, on the uh, uh, the uh, uh, air, the oceans, the land, and so on and so forth. About a week and a half, I actually did it on Black Friday, so ten days ago. And of course, the Trump administration was accused of trying to bury the report because it it confirms that the worst fears of global warming alarmists are coming true, and so they tried to bury that by releasing it on Black Friday. That was the uh, the accusation made against the president by the mainstream media. Ryan Zinke, the uh, Secretary of the Interior, responded to that, of course, saying, what are you talking about? Uh, these climate change models, there are many of them. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of them. There are probably hundreds of them. And what they've done here is they've picked out the worst few models and said, this is how bad it can be. It doesn't mean this is how it's going to be, but that's how they present it. It gives models. So if you take the, the extreme case, you're right, it's dire. 
if you take the best case, it's not much. So it's different models, but if you take the worst case each time, then it paints a pretty bad picture. Yeah, and that's what they try to do. And and, and it, it brought me to this. I, I did a little bit of researching and checking, and I found um, one of the many, 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 many changes uh, that have been made by the client, climatologists and scientists and so on and so forth. This is from Forbes, Forbes magazine. Back in 2012, now if you recall, that's only six years ago, if you recall, that's about four years after, because wasn't it around 2008 or so that Al Gore released his movie? Maybe, it was, maybe that was early. But when did, when did um, Gore's Fahrenheit, or not Fahrenheit, his, uh, his uh, global warming uh, movie come out? Uh, I can't remember exactly when his movie came out now, but you know, he, the, I think it was 2004, 2008, somewhere in that neighborhood telling us that the planet was burning up. The planet has a fever, was his famed uh, line. And uh, when you get a fever, you go to the doctor. And we have the prescription to fix our burning planet right now, he tried to say. So just a few short years after that, uh, I get this from, well, we got this from Forbes, uh, and I just found this from Forbes.com. Sorry, says Peter Ferrara, uh, global warming alarmists, the Earth is actually cooling. Climate change itself is already in the process of definitively rebutting climate alarmists who think human use of fossil fuels is causing ultimately catastrophic global warming. That's because natural climate cycles have already turned from warming to cooling. Global temperatures have already been declining for more than 10 years. And global temperatures will continue to decline for another two decades or more. That's one of the most interesting conclusions to come out of the 7th International Climate Change Conference. The conference featured serious natural science, uh, contrary to the self-interested political science that you hear from government finance global warming alarmists, seeking to justify widely expanded regulatory and taxation powers for governmental bodies or government body wannabes such as the United Nations. See for yourself, their conference speeches are all online. What you will see are calm, dispassionate presentations by serious pedigreed scientists discussing and explaining reams of data. In sharp contrast to these climate realists, the climate alarmists have long admitted they cannot defend their theory that humans are causing catastrophic global warming in public debate. With the conference presentations online, let's see if the alarmists really do have any response. The Heartland Institute has effectively become the international headquarters of the climate realists, an analog to the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC. It has achieved that status through these international climate conferences and the publication of Climate Change Reconsidered uh, volumes produced in conjunction with the non-governmental international panel on climate change, the NIPCC. Those Climate Change Reconsidered volumes are an equivalently thorough scientific rebuttal to the uh, irregular assessment reports of the IPC. You can ask uh, IPCC, excuse me. You can ask any advocate of human-caused catastrophic global warming what their response is to the hum- uh, climate change reconsidered. If they have none, they're not qualified to discuss the issue intelligently. And then it goes into some of the records of the temperatures in the 1940s to the 1970s, and it talks about things that we have mentioned on this program many times uh, about a coming ice age. Ice ages have cyclically occurred every roughly every 10,000 years, with a new one actually due around now. And then yet, shockingly, even before humankind populated the earth somehow the planet warmed and the ice melted and it went away for 10,000 years 
So I don't want to get all bogged down to the minutia of the rest of the article in Forbes, it's, except to point out there was a very serious, credible argument made by the scientific community in 2012, just six years ago, that the Earth was in not, in fact, warming, it was cooling, and then an ice age is coming. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I want you to listen carefully. I do not care if it was right or wrong. I don't know if the earth is warming, and I don't know if it's cooling. The key is, neither do the scientists. That's why they have hedged their bets and called it climate change. Now, no matter what happens, warming or cooling, a period of extreme hurricane activity versus a period of no hurricane activity, an especially brutally cold winter or an extraordinarily mild winter. No matter what happens, they can say, see, the climate's changing and it's causing all of these things. It doesn't matter whether they were right about it warming or right about it cooling in these two different models. The fact is they've changed their mind over and over and over again, which leads me to believe it is the most foolhardy thing in the world to do what Emmanuel Macron has done in France. He and they have instituted a massive carbon tax in the form of a gasoline tax in order to reduce their carbon emissions. And all it's doing is killing the middle class of France. It's killing them. They can't afford to buy gas at those prices. Their cost of living is going through the roof, and it's all because of the quote-unquote Paris Climate Accords. Macron is leading this, of course, as the president of France, and his people are dying. And that's why they are revolting. That's why they are rioting. The worst riots in decades. They're literally talking about the 1960s, the last time Paris had to deal with something as mammoth as these riots. And it's all, all of these torched cars, smashed windows, looted stores and the like, graffiti on the Arc de Triomphe. All of these things are a result of the people uh, revolting against the gas tax. This is a rebellion. Now, the president, Macron, denounced the violence from the G20 summit in Argentina, saying those who attack police will be held accountable, yada, yada. And, of course, they should be. I would never advocate this type of behavior in the United States. But what I will do is I will warn of its coming. If we were to follow suit, if Nancy Pelosi's re-emergence as Speaker of the House in a Democrat-controlled House leads to some sort of a climate change uh, sponsored carbon tax or massive gas tax or other fossil fuel tax in the United States, and if the Democrats follow suit by winning the presidency in 2020 and ousting Donald Trump, that's what's going to happen, and what's happening in France today will be happening in our streets, in the streets of Cleveland, in the streets of New York, in the streets of Chicago, and in other places. Make no mistake, and I'm not calling for it, again, I'm just predicting it. Violence has nothing to do with peaceful expression of a legitimate anger and no cause justifies attacks on police or pillaging stores and burning buildings, Macron said in Buenos Aires. He's right. It doesn't justify this, but this is what he has brought on. The worst urban violence they have seen since 2005, 
the biggest riding, worst riding since the 1960s. And all of this, again, over carbon taxes and gas taxes based on phony climate change um, uh, uh, predictions. It brought me to this piece from last month by John Nolte at Breitbart. Here's a very simple question for anybody who's upset over me and others like me not buying into the climate change hysteria. How many other scientific doomsday prophecies do we have to see come and go and be debunked before we're allowed to be skeptical of the next one, including the report uh, issued on uh, uh, on Black Friday by the Trump administration saying in the worst-case scenario, a lot of really bad things can happen. But as John Nolte pointed out, this is how old I am, old enough to remember being told that by now, Number one, we would be living through a new ice age by the year 2000. These are all documented and sourced, by the way, from the climatologists, these predictions. By the year 2000, we would be living through a new ice age. Number two, we would all die when the ozone layer has disappeared. Number three, the oceans would be dead. Number four, global cooling would destroy the world. Number five, acid rain would destroy our forests. Number six, overpopulation would result in worldwide famine. Number seven, we would deplete our natural resources. Number eight, we would run out of oil. Number nine, the polar ice caps would melt. Number ten, Manhattan would be underwater by now. Number eleven, people who live in cities will have to wear gas masks. Number twelve, Nitrogen buildup would make the land unusable. And number 13, decaying organic pollutants would use up all of the oxygen in America's rivers, causing freshwater fish to suffocate. And that's just the big stuff. The world-shaking predictions of the oh-so-holy-unbelievable scientific consensus that they've gotten horribly wrong just during my lifetime. That science was also declared settled. These are facts. These things are going to happen, we were told. Here we are in 2018. None of them have happened, and yet we're supposed to believe that the worst-case scenarios put out by those climate models they chose to use among just hundreds of models uh, on Black Friday uh, show us that we have to change our ways or else this planet is doomed. How many times must we be lied to about all of these things before it's okay for us to say, yeah, not going to buy it anymore. Not going to buy the lies anymore. Going to be skeptical about this one this time. It is nothing but a scheme. It is honestly a scheme. People are getting rich over these clients. Grants are being given to all of these different organizations, all of these different scientific bodies and communities and so on and so forth. And they are taking all of this money to study climate change. They have to come back with something. If they came back saying, yeah, it's all good, everything's fine, there's nothing humans can do about it, they lose their grants. It's kind of like a road crew. And I know i got to get to the break here. It's kind of like the Ohio Department of Transportation. If they don't use all of the money in their budget, then they lose that money in next year's budget. So they'll tear up roads that don't need to be torn up just to improve them. We're going to repave them even if they're fine because we've got to use all of our budget. We've got to get all of our guys their hours so that we can get it next year. It's the same way. They've got to come back with something to prove their worth 
at these climate change uh, uh, models, these climate change, those who fund and those who put together these climate change models and these studies and this research, or else they lose all of their grants. Don't buy it, not for a second. Let's not become Europe 2.0. Back after this. E-L-E. All right, 1027 short segment here. Let's squeeze a call in or two before the bottom of the hour. Ron in Brook Park wants to hit this climate change story. Hey, Ron, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Bob. How about you? Good. Merry Christmas to you. Same to you and your family. Hey, listen, I got a couple of points real quick. Do mm-hmm. you notice how now they're going further down the road with their farce? In other words, they used to tell us 10 years from now, we're going to, you know, New York's going to be underwater and everything. Well, people like you and I are still alive, and we remember the lie. So now what they do is they go like 80 or 90 years down the road because they know nobody alive today is going to be alive 80, 90 years from now to be able to say, ah, what a liar they was back in 2018. You know, they're, they're kind of slick on that. And if you notice, too, everything in this world can be rectified with money. Do you remember years ago when, it, when, the, when the big craze was creating a shortage like nat- natural gas and that? And as soon as they got the prices up, son of a gun, we found all kinds of gas. Now they do the same thing with this. Hey, you know, we're going to pollute the world and we're going to kill everybody. But if you buy these carbon credits from Al Gore, <laughs> well, see, we can, we can rectify that problem. All you people got to do is give us a little bit more of your hard-earned money, like they're trying to do in France, and doggone it, this, this catastrophe can be avoided. Do you notice money always seems to cure everything? Yeah, it always does. And, and your point, your point about it being, uh, you know, them expanding the models out to like 80 or 90 years. I don't think it's just, you know, so that, you know, we'll be gone because everything will be remembered. Uh, his, history will record things. The internet is going to be forever. You know, history books are going to be forever. All these things. The reason they're pushing them out to 80 to 90 years is because they, 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 uh, um, they can continue to collect the money. Uh, for that period of time uh, by saying, point. look, we're 10 years in toward this. We're 20 years in. We've got to increase the tax now. We've got to increase. They can continue to do this without being disproven. If they make a 10-year model, as you know, and we just did 10 years have gone by, New York still isn't underwater. The sea level aren't rising and yada, yada, yada. Um, so therefore, we can say legitimately, justifiably, justifiably, and correctly, stop with the ridiculous taxes. Stop with this rid- rid- ridiculous carbon credit purchases. Look, you were all wrong. So they're pushing it out there just so that they can collect for decades to come without anybody being able to see you were wrong. If you're telling me it isn't going to change until 2070 or 2080 or 2090, well, then obviously we you know, we may be indeed be on track for that. Uh, so we better we better pony up the dough. So yeah, they're just that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Bob. Yeah, I, I mean they'll be. Forever, the lies will always be able to be told. Well, like I said, you know, the people won't be alive, but you're right, it'll be recorded history, but we won't be alive to say, you know, what liars they were. Right, like I right. Said, money, money always seems to cure just by, you know, what is buying a carbon credit <laughs> other than making people rich going to do to change a darn thing? And the answer is nothing. And you're exa- I'll leave you, my friend. Have a good day. You're exactly right. Thanks so much. Appreciate the call, as always, Ron. There's Ron in Brook Park, and he's 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 100% correct uh, about the money part and about the, the model part. Um, you know, they're going to continue to come up with these models, but they're extending them out now. He's right. They're looking out and they're saying by this time, because now uh, they'll be able to continue to re- make that money. They'll be able to continue, and, and guess what? Like I said before, if the American left isn't careful what's happening in Paris right now and what happened there over this weekend is coming to the streets of this country. 
And and you know what? I'm not predicting, or excuse me, I'm not uh, calling for it. I'm not saying I support it. I do not support any violent protest of taxation or actions that uh, you know that 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 we disagree with because we're not anarchists. We're not antifa. We're not the American left. I don't I don't want these things, but I predict they will happen. There will be a revolution, a second American revolution, if we ever get to the state where Europe is right now. There are open borders, there are Paris climate accords, there are carbon taxes, gas taxes, uh, and they're leaderless uh, nations. Honestly, uh, if it ever gets like that here, there will be the same types of conflicts in the streets that you're seeing in Paris right now. Be careful, American left, what you wish for. All right, 1030, let's get news now at AM 1420, the end. Information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Of Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and we roll along now at 1035 on AM 1420. The answer. Thanks so much for joining us. What do you say we get into the holiday cheer just a little bit? And let's play a little Christmas music. How about that? Is that all right with you? Let's turn on some Christmas music. Put us in the Christmas spirit for shopping. Good idea. Oh, not not this song. Huh? Why not? What are you talking about? This song shouldn't play. Baby, it's Christmas time. It needs to go away. But baby, it's Christmas time. Who cares what you think? You need to grow thicker that skin. That song's not okay. It's not really a Christmas song anyway. It's creepy how he calls her baby. Need to change the station. Can't listen baby. to that song anymore. That's what the button is The for. way he disrespects that lady. You're gonna have to calm down. I'd have kicked his butt to the floor. I think I'll show myself to the you door. You don't understand. Baby, it's Christmas time. You're just a man But baby, it's Christmas time It's taken away It's gonna be okay All my Christmas Funny cheer Funny it was your favorite song last the year The lyrics are so demeaning Maybe you're me in every line I really think the song is just fine What did you say? I'll put on the chipmunks How about a kiss? Uh, no Baby, it's Christmas time! Okay, look, I don't want to upset you. Let's just turn off the Christmas music. Why are you being such a Scrooge? The Cold Outsiders featuring Amanda Dukes. What an amazing job. That puts it all into perspective with all of the knuckleheads and idiots who actually think that it's promoting rape culture to play Baby, It's Cold Outside during Christmas time. Uh, if you want to hear or uh, comment on it, uh, by all means, 216-901-0945, Let's go back to our phones, and we'll say good morning to Bob, who is waiting patiently in Minner on AM 1420, The Answer. Robert, good morning. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, I can understand why there's all this praise for George Bush. I mean, after they, uh, after he invaded Kuwait, he, he, he put out a, a call for the Iraqis to uprise against Saddam Hussein. And when they did, Bush gave uh, Saddam his helicopters back so he could uh, massacre his own people. Uh, and then you have uh, the Supreme Court. He, he, he ran as an anti-abortion guy, and he put on David Souter. He didn't, he didn't do any kind of due diligence. Uh, 
So, you know, and, and that's just the beginning. So I think George Bush, I think his family should just be quiet. And, uh, you know, the guy caused probably de- literally the deaths of tens of thousands of people uh, with, you know, saying something so stupid it's unbelievable about uh, rise up and then letting Saddam massacre you know, all those Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm really. You, you remember how um, the left always talks about the one percent, and they may, they may, they speak of that in terms of economics and and, and income, the one percent. I am very, very grateful and glad to know that you are just about uh, one of those. You are part of the 1% of people who would actually hold the opinions you do about former President George W. Bush. That's all I'll say. Uh, your, your history there is so faulty, it's, it's, it's sad and it's embarrassing, and that's okay. Um, but you are about 1% of the population that is going to degrade the memory of George H.W. Bush, uh, our 41st president. Fortunately, 99% of us, including those on the left, are going to uh, actually tell the truth about his legacy. Uh, by the way, Souter, I, I did an entire part of my show, a segment on that last, uh, last hour. Yes, Souter was a great disappointment. And I think the appointment of Souter and his progressively, now understand that, doesn't mean he was a progressive right from the start, um, because he wasn't considered to be that at all. But his progressively, meaning as his term went on in the court, he for, he drifted further and further and further away from conservative principles and and, and originalism with the Constitution, and started to side with the left, uh, you know, the liberal block of the Supreme Court. So he, clearly, it was a bad call, but it wasn't something that was known then, and that led to, quite honestly, the type of vetting that we get now. As uh, presidents choose uh, their Supreme Court justices very, very carefully. Although I would argue, here's you want to hear something that uh, that I will agree with you about, at least in some small way. Um, his son may have made the same type of mistake with Justice John Roberts. Chief Justice John Roberts has not turned out to be the conservative stalwart and originalist that he was expected to be. Uh, and the fact that he found Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, to be a tax when even the uh, authors of the bill and Obama, its champion and namesake, said it's not a tax, for Roberts to find it as one in order to make it legal and constitutional was simply staggering and a huge disappointment. So, yeah, uh, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes our leaders do make mistakes. But to savage uh, their memory, especially, and to say that he's responsible for thousands of deaths uh, in such a way is just, to me, very, very irresponsible. Although the beauty of this program and the beauty of this country, quite frankly, is that you have the freedom to say those uh, irresponsible things. AC in Cleveland is on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, AC. Go right ahead. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, Two things real quick. First of all, uh, the Salem uh, thing on George Bush... He wasn't a fighter pilot. He flew torpedo bombers. Um, In fact, he was shot shot down uh, over uh, an island called Chichijima, right near Iwo Jima. I don't. I I may be ignorant of this, but if you are, you know, even if you fly a torpedo bomber, you're still you're still you're still flying. You're still considered to be a pilot who is fighting. Yeah, 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 fighter pilot. I mean, I think isn't that just the the, isn't that just a you know vernacular, different vernacular for saying the same thing? Well, not really, because they have distinctions, and fighter pilots flew only one, you know, there's only a crew of one, 
Right. And the plane that he flew in, there was a crew of three. Okay. And, I've and never he heard I've never heard him defined as far as his time in the in the war. I've never heard, heard him defined as anything other than a fighter pilot. So I I'm just thinking maybe it's lumped together. I'm I'm not suggesting you're wrong about the the crew and everything else, but I've just I I think just for the sake of simplicity, he 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 flew planes in the war and yeah. contributed and contributed and contributed to the war effort by by flying planes and obviously was shot down uh in that in that course. So torpedo bomber fighter pilot, I mean I I don't want to pick nits here, but uh either way i mean i it, it, his service to the country is not in question right right i'm not okay. I'm not saying that i'm just trying fair to enough in detail but the other thing i want to talk about real quick was climate this climate change thing and sure uh, one of the other callers mentioned you did too about cities underwater yeah okay uh it's interesting that the apostle paul wrote to timothy to avoid oppositions of science falsely so-called and if you and if we use common sense the polar ice caps are, are, are probably less than 20% of the surface area of the Earth. And if you know anything about ice, and I'm sure you do, when ice melts, it has less volume than it does when it's frozen. So if, if people would use their heads, even if the polar ice caps would melt, they're not going to flood coastal cities. Because they will actually shrink in, si- yes, in size as in they volume. melt. Right in volume, right. I have heard that. I've heard that uh, stated many times. But that is, and you know who states that too? Uh, AC, not just guys like you on the radio to guys like me. Scientists have said that, and those are the scientists who have been summarily dismissed by the scientific community and have their had their work repudiated and and you know so the, and discredited. So they, because they're not going along with the math, they're not joining the the consensus. And so uh, that's in other words, they are suggesting no, the science is not settled because of A, B, C, D, and E, and that's one of them, and that's. That's why they are booted out of the scientific community because they mm-hmm. get in the way of the truth. Or I'm sorry, they bring truth that gets in the way of the uh, uh, of the agenda. Right, and the kind of scientific thinking that the ice caps are going to melt and flood all the coastal cities is science, falsely so called. Very well bad, said. It's bad science. Very. That's exactly what it is. It's bad science. AC, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. And by the way, and this is a total tangent, but I just feel the need to bring it up because you know we continue to deal. With all of these gender issues, and we continue, you know, and, 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 you know, the American left continues to throw these leaflets out there at college campuses and other places. You know, you must refrain from using gender specific pronouns like he and she and him and her, uh, because of the gender fluidity and yada, yada, yada. That's the thing that just drives me nuts. I'm bringing up, bringing it up now because we talk about that on, on, on an almost daily basis. We, we don't talk about climate change on a daily basis, but these people who call me, and um, guys like AC, who just called up with a very easily provable scientific point about the volume of ice versus water, they call us science deniers because we're not going along with the science. I just saw something in the newspaper yesterday. Big, long, you know, climate change is real, and it is man-made, and it, and it tries to debunk five myths about, um, uh, about climate change. Uh, advanced by people like me, and, and they call us science deniers. So they're the ones who are so enlightened. They're the ones who are so um, dialed in on the science of nature. And yet, they defy what nature has proven, that there are only two sets of chromosomes in human beings. There is XY and XX, 
There are two sexes. That's it. There is no third option. There is no fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh, or eighth, or ninth option either, and that's what the left wants us to believe. They deny human biological science while telling us that we are cavemen. We are flat earthers because we deny climate science. And the only difference between the two of us on our sides is this. Climate science is not settled. It's never settled because climate continues to change. Their predictions continue to be wrong, and thus new studies are required. There is no such thing as wrong predictions about um, uh, human biology. That science is settled. There are men and there are women. There are males and there are females. Any strange oddities or outliers to that, such as chromosomal abnormalities, the types of which lead to things like Down's syndrome, or other chromosomal abnormalities, which can lead to an XXY, somebody who is commonly referred to, and I don't know if it's considered a slur or not, please understand I'm not using it as one when I say the word hermaphrodite, but somebody does um, is born with both male and female sex genitalia, uh, is is an anomaly. It's it's not it's not part of the norm. It is not climate or not climate. Excuse me. It's not biologically uh, normal. It is an outlier. It is um it is um uh you know it's a deviant. And I don't mean that these people are deviants. I mean it is deviates from the norm. But there are just two sexes, and those who want to call us anti science are the ones who are trying to tell us no no no. You can be born a male, but be thinking in your brain like a female, and therefore you are a different sex. You are a different gender, and you have to be referred to as such. It's just that type of uh, nonsense that uh, uh, it just throws a lot of uh, monkey wrench mon- monkey wrenches into the uh, into the uh, into the works when you're talking about science. All right, uh, we're going to get a time out here. We'll check our traffic uh, one more time. We'll come back in, try to squeeze in a couple more phone calls. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Right here on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. All right, it's 1051 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We're going to take until 11 o'clock with Mike Gallagher. Then, of course, at, um, uh, at, at noon, uh, Dennis Prager is going to take over, as he always does. I'm going to give you something right now that I feel like is worth uh, doing. It's a little bit of an early Christmas present to you. It's, it's bonus Prager. Prager University, as you know, I've talked so many times about on this program and how uh, Dennis's um, phenomenal organization of talented staffers put together these wonderful um, animated and narrated uh, statements and positions on various things uh, impacting our society. And, of course, they have been blocked by YouTube and they have been censored by Twitter and other places. That's why there are multiple lawsuits going on right now on behalf of Prager University against those social media organizations that would shut them down. I want to share this just because uh, it's Dennis Prager himself voicing this one. And because it kind of ties into what I was just talking about and the difference between conservatives and liberals. Talking about how they deny science, but then they call us science deniers and so on and so forth, and they try to shame us in such ways. Uh, the, the differences are multitude. There are various. But, but I want to share this with you because this is a really phenomenal uh, edition of Prager University about what it means to be a conservative and what it means to be a liberal. And, and 
the difference is in goodness. And I'll let Dennis explain what that means when we talk about good from a liberal point of view versus a conservative point of view. I feel like this is warranted. A fundamental difference between left and right concerns how each assesses public policies. The right asks, does it do good? The left is more likely to ask a different question. Take the minimum wage, for example. In 1987, the New York Times editorialized against any minimum wage. The title of the editorial said it all. The right minimum wage, zero dollars and zero cents. There's a virtual consensus among economists, wrote the Times editorial, that the minimum wage is an idea whose time has passed. Raising the minimum wage by a substantial amount would price working people out of the job market. Why did the New York Times editorialize against the minimum wage? Because it asked the question, does it do good? But 27 years later, the same New York Times editorial page wrote the very opposite of what it had written in 1987 and called for a major increase in the minimum wage. In that time, the Times editorial page had moved further and further left and was now preoccupied not with the question, does it do good, but with the question, does it feel good? And it feels good to raise poor people's minimum wage. Yes. A second example is affirmative action. Study after study, and more importantly, common sense and facts has shown the negative effects that race-based affirmative action has had on many black students. Lowering college admission standards for black applicants has ensured a number of awful results. Just to cite one, more black students fail to graduate college. Why? Because too many have been admitted to a college that demands more academic rigor than they are prepared for. Rather than attend a school that matches their academic skills, a school where they might thrive, they too often fail at the more demanding school that lowered its standards to admit them. It's clear that supporters of race-based affirmative action ask, does it feel good rather than does it do good? I'm just going to interrupt this here to, to, to underscore the point by the great Dennis Prager. This is what we talk about all the time on this program and on programs like Dennis, which is why I'm so proud to share the airwaves with him. On this, uh, on this radio station. But, but it truly is all about touchy feely feelings on the left and fact based reason and common sense on the right. We try to do what is right for the right people. They try to do what feels good rather than what is good on the left. And, and we articulate this on a daily basis on matters of political or public policy, promises and programs and bills and uh, legislation offered by Republican uh, uh, members of Congress compared to Democrat members of Congress. It doesn't matter if it's going to harm people as long as it feels good. That's what they do. That's what they go for. They govern with their hearts instead of their minds. And this is just an outstanding way to explain this, what Dennis is in, in, has, uh, has engaged in here, uh, the difference between thinking with your brain and thinking with your heart. A third example is pacifism and other forms of peace activism. 
Many people on the left have a soft spot for pacifism, the belief that killing another human being is always wrong. Not all leftists are pacifists, but pacifism almost always emanates from the left, and just about all leftists support peace activism, peace studies, and whatever else contains the word peace. The right, on the other hand, while just as desirous of peace as the left, what conservative parent wants their child to die in battle, knows that pacifism and most peace activists increase the chances of war, not peace. Nothing guarantees the triumph of evil like refusing to fight it. Great evil is therefore never defeated by peace activists, but by superior military might. The Allied victory in World War II is an obvious example. And violent Islamists today need to be killed before they behead, enslave, and torture more innocents. Supporters of pacifism, peace studies, American nuclear disarmament, and American military withdrawal from countries in which it has fought, do not ask, does it do good? Because it almost never does good. Instead, they ask... If it feels good, and it feels good to say, I'm pro-peace, so let's disarm the military. These same people do this on American streets with civilians and our civilian protectors. Let's disarm the police. That's what Antifa says. That's what Port, uh, Portland, Oregon uh, says. And that's what they're actually carrying out, a story that I'll share with you tomorrow. Let's disarm police. Let's disband ICE. We are for peace, so therefore let's take away those uh, weapons from those who might disrupt our peace. They are just that blind, in the same way that they are when it comes to climate science and human biological science. All right, that's it. That's all the time that we've got for you today. Thanks for being a part of the program. If you sat and listened, stay where you are, because Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the silence.